Good morning and welcome to HealthWorks. This is Carol Knier, Way Memorial Community Health Manager, wishing you a great day and thank you for listening this morning. So on today's show, I have two guests. I have Kristen Shipsky. Good morning, Kristen. Good morning. And Kristen is the Constituent Service Manager, correct? Correct. And before I forget, let me introduce the show. Also, um, we are talking about Alzheimer's and brain health um, for today, and it's Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month. So um, I invited Kristen on, and I also invited Jeff Dauber. Good morning, Jeff. Morning, Carol. So good to see you. Yes. Um, after COVID, it's so nice to, um, you know, see people and talk with people again. So it's really awesome. And for those of you that may not know, because uh, Jeff has done programming with us in be- before, he's an educator and outreach coordinator for the Alzheimer's Association. So I'm so happy to have you both on the show today. Um, so can you tell me, um, you cover... <clears throat> the kind of like the Northeast region of, of Pennsylvania um, and like 13 to 15 counties, correct? Sure. So we're the greater Pennsylvania chapter, um, part of region 13. So we team up with the chapter out of Philly and then also New Jersey. So our area, our region is region, um, the Northeast region. And we cover 13 to 15 counties in the Northeast, but the greater Pennsylvania chapter covers 59 counties all across Pennsylvania. Wow. Wow. So, and, and it is a national association as well, not just in Pennsylvania, correct? Oh, correct. Yeah. We have chapters across the United States. So we are a a large national nonprofit. Okay. Um, Organization. Right. So, um, you know, we hear a lot about Alzheimer's in the um, news, you know, um, in the media, how many people are affected by this disease? Well, currently there are over 6 million people in the United States um, that are affected by Alzheimer's or dementia. And there are also over 11 million, um, up to 15, 16 million unpaid caregivers taking care of those folks. So you see the numbers are not just 6 million people, which are, which is a lot, but when you add in the unpaid caregivers, it directly affects, you know, 22, 23 million people. And I know Kristen, there are some other numbers that Kristen was, um, uh, we were discussing yesterday about um, some caregivers and, and women and different things like that. Yeah, for, for me, um, I think the most uh, interesting number is that two thirds of our caregivers are women. Um, so whether it's a daughter, a, a niece, a wife, um, a lot of our women are, are designated as caregivers, um, whether that's related to um, race and ethnicity is also a part of that as well. Um, we're seeing that primarily in a lot of African-American and Latinx communities, um, the, our ladies are, are the ones who are, are taking on that role of being that, that 24-7 care provider. Wow, I didn't know that. See, that's why I enjoy doing these shows because I think it's just so interesting to get that information out there. Um, you know, And a- as you can hear, there is many, many people affected by, um, you know, Alzheimer's, because it does take a toll on the caregivers, um, you know, when you have to take care of that loved one, um, you know, with Alzheimer's disease. Um, So does, does Alzheimer's affect, um, because, so let me step back. Um, Is there a difference between Alzheimer's and dementia? Because I know Jeff and I, you and I have had this conversation before. Sure, sure. And, and Krista can chime in too. So Alzheimer's is, dementia is an overall umbrella term. Um, so dementia really is a collection of symptoms. 
It's a collection of symptoms, cognitive symptoms that are severe enough to affect daily life or the way people live their daily life. So that's what uh, dementia would be. Alzheimer's is something, is the disease that causes dementia, one of the diseases that could cause dementia. Alzheimer's is the most common form. If someone has dementia, probably about 70%. But dementia are a collection of symptoms, and then Alzheimer's would be a disease that causes them, the most common. Kristen, I don't know if you wanted to say anything else. Yeah, I, I often refer to it as, you know, looking like an umbrella with dementia being at the top and having different types, different disease processes being underneath it. Uh, so whether it's Alzheimer's disease specifically um, with that disease process or um, vascular dementia or Lewy body dementia. So there's obviously, um, I believe there's over a hundred different types of dementia, um, of diseases that cause the dementia symptoms. So, you know, if someone has a family member um, that may experience it, what are some of the signs or symptoms that they can look for? Um, you know, maybe the beginning stages, um, because by maybe advanced stages, they may have had that diagnosis. So what could they look for? Yeah, early diagnosis and detection is very important. And when we talk about the medication, um, uh, we'll note, we'll heard that even more. So in the early stage, you have cognitive, cognitive issues. And, you know, I'm pushing 60. So, you know, you forget some stuff, you know, it's not, oh, geez, where did I put my glasses? You know, and then I can find them. It's what are these things that I'm putting on my face? You know, I'm not sure what they're called, you know, or you're forgetting more and more and more and you can't remember, you know, date and time, you know, on a routine basis. So, you know, it just, it's their cognitive problems that start causing daily issues and more and more changes in behavior. If someone is not very forgetful and all of a sudden they start to become more and more forgetful on a routine basis, that could be, that could be a sign. Okay. And Kristen, do you have anything else that you would uh, recommend looking for? Um, I would say, honestly, um, difficulty finding words, uh, which is not going to be how they diagnose me because I always have a hard time finding words and speaking <laughs> uh, yeah. and things like that. Um, so if it is a, a new thing, um, you know, calling something, um, you know, that calling a, a watch, a hand clock, um, using different words to describe something that they're used to, um, losing items, but finding them in really odd spaces. So hiding things, having some paranoia. Um, and also you can uh, notice that, let's say somebody who is really great at planning a party suddenly can't do those types of things anymore. Um, or some, something as simple as following a recipe. So if it's grandma and she has always made the best chicken soup on the face of the planet, and now it's as salty as I'll get out, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Grandma isn't paying attention to how much salt she's putting in there because she either isn't, un she's not able to read what's written on the card or she's forgetting that she already put the salt in. Right. And so there's some difficulties there as well. So yeah, it's, just, it's like changes in behavior, changes in normal behavior, pe what, what people are used to, mm -hmm. you know, kind of things that are changed and looking for, for subtleties like that. So, you know, knowing these signs and symptoms, and, and Jeff, you mentioned it, um, there is some hope on the horizon now. There is a new medication um, out on the market now to treat people with Alzheimer's, right? It's called um, 
Okay, you, you have to say that, Kristen, because... Okay, so the, the, uh, <laughs> the, the drug name is aducanumab, um, but it will be called for all intents and purposes, aduhelm. Okay, yeah. so can you share with us what, you know, um, it's specifically designed or developed for people with Alzheimer's, correct? Yes, it is, yes. So it is, um, has only been tested and studied on people who are in the mild cognitive impairment phase of Alzheimer's disease and very early stage Alzheimer's disease. Uh, so that's, that's a big part of why early detection is key. Um, studies have not been done on, on persons um, in the moderate or later stages. Uh, so more research is needed at this point. Uh, but basically what the drug has been designed to do is to attack the amyloid plaque that's building up in the brain. So it's, it's one of those proteins that gets sticky and builds up and, and basically strangles the good cells in the brain. So it works to combat that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's not quite out on the market yet. It okay. was just cleared last week by the FDA. Okay. Um, I know that the FDA is requiring more uh, studies, as I mentioned, but also we've got to give we've got to give Biogen a little bit of time to, to start making enough to send out. Right, I mean, and it, it's just wonderful to hear. It gives individuals, it gives families hope mm -hmm. now that um, there is something that can then, you know, slow it down or prevent it from progressing, which is so important for individuals because prior to this medication, you know, there really was not any, you know, you know, any ways to kind of stop it or, you know, right. stop yeah, it from and, progressing. Yeah. It was yeah, symptom management. The mm -hmm. drugs were designed for symptom management. This is the first one that actually goes after the process. Yeah. Right. And this, and, and, and it's not, it's not a cure. It's not hundred percent cure. Right. Um, but what it does is as Kristen described it, it goes after the amyloid and it stops the amyloid buildup. And if you're stopping the amyloid buildup, then you are slow in the progression or you're, 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 you're might, might even be stopping the progression of the disease. Mm -hmm. But once again, it's not a cure. It can't bring back cognitive functioning. And that's why it's critical that it's in the very early stages. So mm -hmm. detection, you know, awareness and access to what this disease is, is more imperative now, you know, now that there's, you know, a shot at something like that. Right. You know, to get people in early, to get them diagnosed, to get them, you know, on, on a regimen. And that's my next question. Okay. So if someone suspects their loved ones may have, you know, the beginning of Alzheimer's, you know, obviously we want them to start with their primary care doctor to, you know, have that conversation. And then who would be next? You know, would they refer them to a neurologist or another specialist? I would say definitely. Um, you, you would like to have a scan of the brain to see exactly what's going on. Um, and also uh, neuropsychology can take a look and do some tests as well. Um, so, you know, there's verbal skills and things like that, that they can look at. Um, but for the physical structure and the, the, you know, the overall health benefits, I, a neurologist is your, your go-to person. Okay. That's, that's really good to know. Um, okay. So if anyone, you know, if someone is, uh, you know, dealing with uh, a family member uh, with Alzheimer's or even, even maybe themselves, they suspect them, they may have 
some, um, you know, beginning signs of that, you know, want them to reach out to their primary care. But you, um, as the Alzheimer's Association, you have support, you have um, resources. So can you tell our audience about that? Who can they call? Where can they go for all that information? Sure. So um, what the, I mean, the first thing you want to do is call the helpline. So we have a 24-7 helpline um, that we've been talking about forever. It's called, um, it's 800 272 3900. That's 800 272 3900. That's our 24-7 helpline. That will get you to people that um, can help you or to answer any questions. You can find out on the helpline, you can find out information about the new drug. You can find out information about education programs, support groups, our walk to end Alzheimer's events that we're going live with that we're coming up um, in October, and a variety of things. So that's the way to get to us is through that. And also alz.org at our website. That's awesome. And most of your programming now, are they still virtual? Um, or are you planning to maybe go in person in the future? I'm hoping that part because, you know, Pro Jeff and I, you know, we did that last year, right? Right before the pandemic, yeah. we had yeah. a program uh, yeah, so programming, programming right now is still virtual, but mm -hmm. we are getting ready to transition as we move into July and August into some in-person. And I know Kristen's got some info on this. Yeah, so um, we, we obviously are going very slowly. We have a very regimented method to our madness. Um, we will be maintaining at least one or two support groups online uh, for those that are in very rural areas that mm -hmm. are not physically able to get to a um, in-person support group. But starting in July, um, some of my support group facilitators will begin hosting in person. Um, so those are um, they're, they're going to be very small groups until we can you know feel comfortable to expand that beyond a, a very low number. Um, so we're very excited about that. The volunteers cannot wait to get out there and to be with right. their, their groups again. Uh, this has been so hard for, mm -hmm. for our, not only our constituents, our caregivers, our persons with a, a diagnosis of, of any type of dementia at home, but our volunteers love what they do. And they are just itching to get into the same room. They're, they mm -hmm. want to hug everybody and they know that that's probably not an option right now. Right, um, right. I know I've already been giving them guidelines. I'm like, I know you want to, please don't. <laughs> if you can hold it in, don't. Um, but they're just so anxious to, to see everyone again because it's been a year and a half. Yes. And that's a long time. And, and you know, unfortunately, this, this pandemic has really affected persons with dementia at home so much. Uh, it's been it's been really hard it and is. without those in-person gatherings mm -hmm. um, it's it's been difficult for caregivers yes I know well uh, Jeff and Kristen I, you know I really want to thank you for being on the show today unfortunately we're out of time but you know, if anyone's out there wanting to volunteer, you, you have a great set of volunteers, but you can always use more. They can go onto your website or they can call the helpline, right? And just say, I'd like to volunteer. How can I do that? Um, so, you know, Jeff and Kristen, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank Thanks you for having, having us. <laughs> and um, I look forward to the day that we actually can be in person and, um, you know, see each other again.
Yeah, and hug each other because that's, each that's other. all about it. It's a bit. It's about connection. It really is, and we we encourage people if they can is to get vaccinated because that's going to help us get really back to in person, um, you know, to see each other and all of that yep. stuff. Absolutely. Right. So again, this is Carol Knier, Way Memorial Community Health Manager, wishing you a great day and thank you for listening.